0: that's hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.
1: Lambradnick. I'm Sue Smith and, and we, we love, love scams. scams. Guys, Thanks. we love scams. We love you. Welcome back to another nutso episode. <laughs> oh my
2: god, we're so excited about our episode today. I cannot wait. <laughs> this is really
1: fun. This is yes. going to be amazing. Right yeah. now it is currently completely snowing in New York City. Oh we no. have at least a foot of snow, I think. And it's been really fun, but we are we are at peak exhaustion. I don't know if any other parents listening, like just the act of putting on winter boots and Mm. gloves. I have like five pairs of gloves that I take with me because my son just keeps like dropping them and then we step on them. It's just the accoutrement you need to get outside is exhausting and I'm exhausted.
2: Wow. You know what? I think the pictures of the New York City snow are a scam because it looks beautiful. Why? They are a scam. Okay, because on day one, it looks beautiful. You're like, oh my God, people are True. People are having spontaneous snowball fights. This is great. But then day you know, 10, there's slush. You're stepping in it. Your feet are cold and wet
1: for the rest of the day. It's a scam. But here's the thing, Sue. Yes, it is a scam. But during COVID, we're not going anywhere. Right. So you can just look at the beauty of it. So it used to be a scam, but this pandemic, the only good thing is that the snow still looks cute. <laughs> Right? No,
2: you're absolutely right. You gotta you gotta take your wins when you can. You gotta take them you gotta
1: because we're all very depressed. <laughs> so, how are you?
2: I'm good. Um, we got my son a little inflatable floaty oh, that goes around it's so his cute. neck. So he it's so cute. he's um nine weeks old and he can't sit up and he doesn't sit up in the bathtub. But like this is this floaty thing keeps your head above water, so they learn <laughs> to like swim. And it's great because it tired him right out, and he fell asleep. And he
1: swam like he swam in the yeah. He with kicks his, his arms. legs and he kicks his and he flaps oh his arms. It's really God. cute. It's like, it's like if you could imagine like an inflatable dog collar, but like cuter (laughs) because it's a baby.
2: (laughs) Like one of those collars when dogs get neutered and then they're inflated. Like that's what I'm putting on my baby in the back. Before your child. Yeah, But it's so
1: cute. And also his face. He's just like, I guess this is life now. Like that's the thing. Like babies have no reference. They're like, all right, I've had eight weeks of this experience. Sure. Now I guess we live with this thing on my neck forever. (laughs) I'm not judging. Here I am. No, here I am. I love my mom. It's fine.
2: Um, We have a couple new Patreon patrons to thank. So um, thank you so much, Malika and Space Song. Great name. Thank you, guys. I have a scam for you guys. Um, Don't have a baby (laughs) and then get your period. (laughs) I got my period (gasps) today, which is such a fucking scam. Like, I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't have to do that.
1: 100%. Especially once you've had a cesarean, you're just like, oh, I'm basically unable to move and I have my period and you oh my god it also people said to me like oh I didn't get my period for like a year like you know a year and a half and I was like I got mine exactly four weeks after Lewis was born <laughs> my body was like we're ready to procreate again I was like hold um, on h- hold your horses <laughs> so I think no.
2: periods periods are a scam all over the place
1: sorry this is now no, a, period this is a period talk wow, wow, wow. <laughs> scam podcast but you know what not enough people talk about it so sorry guys now you know I feel like the guys listening now you know now you know now you know
2: Anthony, our, fi- our fan, Anthony, oh, there you go.
1: Anthony, forever for life. Anthony, thank you so much. You're such a fun listener. Actually, all of our listeners are amazing. I've gotten so many great DMs. I've been doing my fireplace and I'm getting DMs yes. from our listeners about my fireplace. And I will say you guys are giving this me is life. a long time coming, this fireplace. Long time. And
2: we are finally at peak fireplace. It is happening. <laughs> it is here.
1: Oh. Oh, I wanted to buy one from Baltimore. We had a listener that was going to ship me a fireplace yeah. around. We had all of these like negotiations happening. I was going to bribe my mother. You know, was I scamming her? Was I not? Finally, guys, I built the fireplace. It has taken forever. And I just want to thank the three people. <laughs> <that> I, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I've been listening. It's been annoying. Um, no, it's so fun. And we're done. We've the fireplace is done. Wow, It's it's a joy. Amazing. It's a joy.
2: Yes. And where can people you have the journey on your Instagram?
1: The journey is on my Instagram at at Katie Brodnick. And the journey will be on my YouTube channel. But my YouTube channel is called Depressed It Yourself because I'm like depressed doing things myself. And I haven't posted in like a month because I've been depressed. So I don't (laughs) really know if like (laughs) being a depressed person with a YouTube channel is great for like consistency. Being motivated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell
2: you what's not depressing is our freaking episode today. Oh, oh, you
1: guys. It's
2: the crossover of this century. She is the host of one of my favorite Real Housewives podcasts. And I say podcast plural because I listen to multiple every week because mm-hmm. I got to get my mind off things. Yeah. Um, and she's the host of Andy's Girls. Please welcome Sarah gay
3: Hi, guys. Hi. How are Sarah? you? <laughs> Sarah, how are you? How are you doing this quarantine? I'm okay. I think the snow honestly fucked me up a little bit. You know, state emergency, yada, yada, right. yada. It was actually like very triggering and I said that to my therapist I was like it's just snow and she's like like, babe no like we're in a pandemic you're (laughs) used to people telling you not to go the fuck outside and then you think you're okay and then a fucking snowstorm happens. I hope your
2: therapist is like
3: babe babe Bam. Bad. I oh love my that. god, my therapist knows so much about housewives <laughs> at this point where I feel so bad. For and every, really? Oh my god, every time I talked about Potomac, I'm like, oh yeah and there's this housewife named Candace. and at this point Amy's like, no, I I know who she is now. Like,
1: you've <laughs> I love Amy.
3: Candace and
2: Monique, I mean, their fight, very triggering. You gotta talk about it in therapy.
3: I mean, gotta talk about it. I felt like what was more triggering to me than the fight was how bravo accounts were fighting about the fight and it's at that point that i like disassociated from my body for a couple weeks because it was too much it was
2: too much it is too much sometimes well there are so many real housewife scams to talk about
1: there's so many we've covered already Teresa judice judici yes um and all that good stuff but Wait, Sarah, really quick before we start, I saw on your Instagram and I was confused and I'm dyslexic, so I can't read that well. But (laughs) um, were you being dragged by Kelly Dodd? Was she like going against you?
3: Oh, yeah. But like. What else is new? Honestly, okay. it's so it's when have you not been dragged by Kelly Dodd? Is like really or or attempted? Well, I have not had the privilege.
2: That's amazing. Why did you get blocked by Kelly Dodd?
3: I didn't get blocked by Kelly. I blocked Kelly. I know that she attempted to DM me some stuff, but I was um, good for you. Uh, disinterested in reading, but yeah, it's like it's just stupidity. Honestly, it, it, she has consistently, as I said in a post on IG, you know, like lower the bar beneath the floor. I don't know. It's not a good look to me. It, it mm. really kind of stains um the world of Housewives a little bit to be giving this kind of person a check. And
1: that's a dirty world to begin with. Like you're talking about stains on it's stains. already on stains. Yeah.
3: It's not great. <laughs> it's
2: not great. <laughs> Speaking of which, Caitlin and I did some deep dives on some Oof. of our favorite cast members and we want to talk to you about them, we want to spill them and get your take on them. I love so. Caitlin researched Erica Jane, and I researched Mary Cosby. The Erica Jane stuff is happening as it's we speak. So much. You guys. The tweets are yeah, coming as so we see. Wow. Maybe we should save it to the end to make sure we're the most up to date. <laughs> Maybe we should have <laughs> gonna pull up some
3: pages.
0: <laughs>
2: okay. <sighs> okay, you start. Okay, Mary Cosby, who we know from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake, and is a Total nut job, crazy person. And it's, there's Total. something, I mean, I don't know. I don't know her mental state, whatever. She seems not all there. She seems like she's maybe on pills. She is, yes. she married her grandfather. Um, that's who Okay, wait, Posse we is. have to explain this.
1: <laughs> My dad, our friend and family who are listening who don't know this. Yes, dad. She married her grandfather. <laughs> her
3: it was so her step-grandfather. Ha- Let's put some respect on her. Step, her about step, grandfather. step grandfather
1: Well, it's her step. But technically, in the world, like, when you go and you're a little kid and you're hugging grandma and grandpa, like, you consider that your grandpa. And then her grandmother died and in her grandmother's will. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, alleged
0: allegedly, will. Allegedly. Alleged will
1: in, in her will was that she has to marry, her husband has to be married to this child, Mary. It's so creepy, it, Dad, oh. and it's true. It is It is a person who married her grandpa. And it's in Utah.
2: All right, Al Brodnick, so, you got it? Got it? Okay. <laughs> so um, Mary is the first lady of a church in Utah where her step-grandfather, Robert, is the pastor. Um, and it's called Faith Temple Pentecostal. And if you go on their website, it is... Looks like it's from the late 90s. It is a Wix website. Doesn't even have a real um,
1: URL. You got to update your website if you're like a weird church.
2: Oh, my (laughs) God. You got to at least have a current website. I know. Um, So and their website, it it has like rock, like it's just so throwback to the 90s of websites. Um, Her grandmother started Faith Temple Pentecostal when she walked from Indiana to utah because with her four children in january in the 60s because god told her to what? walk there yep
1: in the snow with her kids
2: yes god told her to walk there so she walked there
1: wow so she's just like explaining why she was basically a bit bad- <laughs> made her kids do something horrible okay, okay yes 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 i see it's god's fault um okay.
2: and her name was mama uh everybody called her mama i don't know her
1: mama morton okay yeah. Yeah.
2: everyone called her mama <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, so she walked there everyone at the church loved her she died unexpectedly in 1997 um, and the autopsy from her death shows a lot of volume in the system and apparently it was heart failure but Mary's mother Roz claims that her heart was fine so it's suspected that there's foul play between Mary and the grandfather um, that they wanted the grandma gone because She, Mary, inherited all of this church, her grandmother's businesses, tons of money, tons of properties. They have five houses. They don't rent. They don't Airbnb them.
1: <laughs> that's a, that's she a big thing. That, is. if you don't Airbnb it's a big deal no she said that on the
2: episode She's just like how many they were like how many houses do you have and they said empty she doesn't Airbnb then so when mama died Mary took over the church Mary was actually married at the time to a guy named Dana Harris she was married what yeah and it was suspected and she was only 24 and it was suspected yeah. that she I thought she was 19 no she was tw- in her early 20s and she was married okay Okay. Um. And it was suspected. People say that the mama, the grandmother, suspected that she had been fooling around with the grandfather the whole time, even though <gasps> while she was married. Yeah, this guy Dana to this guy Dana
3: and Robert. Right, the stepgrand. Yeah, that Robert. Robert, mm-hmm. the stepgrandmother would sort of eviscerate her then husband in front, in of, front the of the congregation. Yeah,
2: he like tore him to shreds in yeah. front of the
3: congregation and said that he was forcing his wife to do, um various sexual activities that were inappropriate Mm -hmm. and ungodly mm -hmm. oh my god wait
1: so what mary has said though on episodes i'm so interested this is all seems way more factual she said that she was like a pure until she met her granddad and then was like 19 and like refused to have sex with him and like was all like this pure child it sounded really horrible not at all that she had any sexual experience not that that's all of this is horrible but
3: i think what she was what trying to express was her hesitation about having sex with this particular person that she was like, I don't like on her wedding night. But was did not... she
1: having an affair with him?
3: That, I mean, it's that rumored to me seems, yeah, that seems like the, um, most likely possibility. And also, you know, there seems to be some sort of scenario happening between the two of them. And it wasn't so what Mary has tried to say was that, In her retelling of this story, she said that it was said in her um, will that she was supposed to marry her step-grandfather, but I don't know that that was actually the case because relatives of hers have disputed that and said it was really... Yeah, more strategy on there. So
2: when Mama first died, the family said there was this will. And then Mary and Robert and the secretary, Mama's secretary, Lois Johnson, were like, there's no will. There's no will here. So for years and years, they've been saying there's no will. So I watched an interview with Mary's um, uncle, Ernest, who is mama's son. And he was like, it's funny that she would go on TV and say that there is a will, that the will has she's willed been willed her grandfather when for years they've been saying there's no will at all. So even the will is so in it's whatever's
1: convenient.
2: Yeah. Even the w- will is in question. And there was no autopsy at first. She died when she was 67 years old. But Mary's mother, Roz, had the body exhumed and had an autopsy done to find out this Valium thing. Like Roz has been fighting this. Um, Good for Roz. Yeah. And she doesn't talk to Mary. Good for her. You know what? Maybe she's better. because. <laughs> well, the church split off when Mama died and Roz took half of, took like 200 people and then other uh, 200 stayed with Robert and Mary. Um, and Mary has been known to, like, there's audio of her. Maybe we can find it, put it in, of her berating her congregation for not giving her enough. Birthday cards for not giving her birthday cards for not giving her enough money and calling them poor, which is just very sad and awful.
3: I'm doing everything else. Yeah, I ain't helping. Can't wait pay your tithes? I got 14 birthday cards. Yo, stingy hell. You poor people. I
1: don't want
3: no poor people around me. You poor as And if you ain't poor, you stingy, so you still poor. God said you was poor
1: piece of shit um so (laughs) she's a piece of shit total piece of shit
3: i mean i think that they've been really consistent throughout their burgeoning relationship and marriage with using the excuse or platform of god Mm. in which to manipulate people essentially to giving them what they want including their own marriage right like there was a meeting between robert and mary and their family where robert said like god is i'm gonna mess this up so fact check me but like god is telling me something tell me if you yeah it's
1: like tell me yes or no and they just had to answer yes yes or or no no.
3: but I'm not gonna give you uh, the question uh, what (laughs) the question and so everyone was like yeah like yeah I'm gonna say yes because that feels more positive when we're talking about God's staff and the only person who I think said no was Mary's mom and then he was like cool 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 so you all agree to me marrying Mary sounds great like (laughs) the word of God like that's (laughs) So which really goes back to the idea that none of this was in any kind of imaginary will. It was all some sort of strategy at some point to get them um, together and uh, do so without completely, you know, burning down their congregation. Hundred percent. So Lois. So. When Mama died, Lois wanted Robert to marry
2: someone in the family so that Lois, the secretary, wouldn't get kicked out of anything, I guess, um, because apparently Mama owned a bank um, and Lois is now the CEO of that bank. So, um, what? The, I know
1: <laughs> when I know. religions own a bank, it's weird, but you it's know what? Weird. She walked her kids through the snow in Utah in January. So she's weird. Like she's, yeah. weird, you know,
2: I, I'll post this interview in the show notes, but there's an, the interview with, um, her uncle, Ernest, Mary's uncle, Ernest, um, is really some hot tea. He says that, uh, mama suspected Mary was messing around with Robert and didn't want Mary around because she was a known liar. She didn't arrange the marriage. Uh, Robert Cosby, he said, Robert Cosby ain't got sense enough to tie his shoes. Right. So he not orchestrated the whole scam. Um, Lois, the secretary is the mastermind behind everything. Oh,
1: um, gosh. yeah. I mean, I will say that like having all this, because that Mary talks about like being 19 when all of this happened. Like being a 19-year-old and having being in love, maybe, or being in love with power, being in love with convenience, like whatever it was, like her her getting wrapped up into it and whether she confided in Lois or not, or whatever that was. Like, I feel that anybody at 19 can be easily duped and tricked and convinced that they're doing the right thing. But it does seem like what is looking like Mary now on the show and Real Housewives of um salt lake it looks almost like now she's trying to rectify all that in her mind and that's causing a ton of exhaustion and its own insanity like yeah she she could have been duped or she could have been like kind of tricked at 19 or Mm -hmm. brainwashed or anything but then she like really you know bit down hard and then kept going with it yes and it seems like it's causing her a lot of stress yeah so
2: ernst uh the Uncle, who also goes by Bug, claims that the church is a cult, is definitely a cult, and says that he, they have been physically abusive as well to their congregants, which is not... Oh, jeez. I know, which
3: is really bad. And, you know, they have to give permission if you want to date mm-hmm. someone and you get punished if you don't answer their text messages right away. It's, like, very Naxxium very personal. Scientology-esque in, like, some of the ways that they yes. use manipulative emotions and communications in order to get people to sort of obey them. Yeah.
2: Well, the thing I hate is on the show, it shows she dresses badly, but she does dress in expensive things and it shows her closets and how much stuff she has, which she's used with probably the congregation's money. So it also says in my research that she disappeared for three years when they first got married and came back three years later with a totally different face. She had a a bunch of different plastic surgeries, blonde hair, and lightened skin. And she had told her congregants not to have blonde hair, but she went and got it anyway. So... She's using their money. That's bizarre. She's using their money on superficial things. And that's a scam. And that's
3: bad. I mean, they've taken tithing to like a new level where allegedly there's mortgage fraud Mm -hmm. issues, too, where they would force people to sign documents without telling them what those documents are. And it was remortgaging homes. And then they themselves would pocket the money that was coming in and people would potentially become homeless as a result or at least significantly financially impoverished. I mean that's the reality is that these are people who don't have uh, who do not come from great means who are essentially handing over all of their money and potentially accruing insane debt because they have been told that mary is like a literal vehicle of god like a genuine vessel Mm -hmm. of god and so they don't want to feel like they're not going to get into heaven or that god doesn't love them
2: well mary um says that she's the reincarnation or like her grandmother mama is speaking through her and mama said that god was speaking through her so then by default god is speaking through mary so
1: it's a game of telephone but god's there he's in the room god is saying some weird shit it gets messy yeah Yeah. he's really saying like i'm hungry i want a bagel and she's like i want valentino (laughs) yeah
2: exactly yeah so she's a scammy call leader basically and she's on the show and there's something off about her something's off about mary
3: Guys, there's something about Mary. She's off. (laughs) She's off. There's so many questions relating to the origin story of this, of like, was there a will? Was that a figment of Mary's imagination in order to like spin this new narrative in a way that casts her as a victim? There's the idea that she absolutely could be a victim in many senses, the difference in age, maturity, everything else. I mean, did she feel like she was forced to marry this person? Was she potentially involved in... A cover up of how this marriage and relationship began. And there's an idea of performative wealth on Housewives where you are showing your money. And for many people, I feel like there is some sort of below the surface requirement or pressure that a lot of women feel in order to improve their assets and financial even to be on
1: the show Mm -hmm. yeah
3: in order to be on the show so like it's a little of chicken and the egg like at what point did the duplicity start and the just frantic desire to remain a real housewife Mm -hmm. begin so my question is like if she remains on the show are we really going to discuss this or are we participating Mm -hmm. in a narrative that she has set that's like directly harmful to people who um aren't in a position to potentially escape. So the grandmother died in 1997
2: and Roz, who is Mary's mother has been trying to fight this judgment that gave um, the estate to Robert since then. So there are every 10 years, there are like newspaper and magazine article or newspaper Mm -hmm. articles saying more stuff about the estate is happening. There's another lawsuit happening, but this has been ongoing and it's not great for Bravo to give the platform to someone who might be involved in such a fraud. But then again, it could be like a, Trisha Judiciary situation i don't know
1: for me i think they're gonna keep they double it. down
2: on it yeah
1: i think so what's that face Sarah?
3: <laughs> i mean i don't i don't know that it's so much like maybe in a year something's gonna happen i think it's more is this person a lightning rod for discussion mm. there was a rumor going around that she was supposed to be friend of and that's why she wasn't filmed with other what's your opinion on that right I think that's probably the case in the sense that it is very strange that she's like trapped in her closet for all of these film scenes where she's <laughs> with like sh- with Charlinda, with poor sweet Charlinda who is her cousin, I guess a cousin <laughs> who was dropping off a baby gift and never left, which is like really funny until you think like was this woman also trapped by some sort of culty religious thing where it's Oof. like okay, well you know if you really want to show your affection for God, you're going to like clean my kitchen sometimes, you know it's.
1: So manipulative. But
3: I do actually think she serves a purpose in a friend of role. I don't know if in the future she makes sense full time. If we want to like continue this, um, you know, having this personality um on TV. But I think a little bit of Mary goes a long way.
0: Uh, <laughs> That's true. Only... That's <laughs> true.
3: Well, yeah. When you marry your granddad, a little bit goes a long way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. I almost want to watch this season again. Knowing all this about Mary and see what insight that that provides. I don't know,
1: Dad. This is all with Real Housewives of Salt <laughs> Lake City. This is literally we are still on the scene. Thank you for listening, Mr. Brodnick. This is their Thank first you. season. They're all in Utah, and they're like various characters, and they all look insane. Just you know, this is all the same
2: people. Thank you, Mr. Brodnick, Mrs. Brodnick. If you're listening, thank you for the baby blanket. That was so nice of you. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah, mom, thanks for that baby blanket. Yeah, anybody who who doesn't know Real Housewives, this is we're talking about the insanity of just this one franchise. I think that's what's so fascinating with Real Housewives, and we had it with our like Teresa episode with New Jersey is. It is so insanely complex. Like you get to every single level, and every single person on this reality show has an extreme problem that they are required to exploit to stay on the show. Like Exploiting the way to make good TV is if you just like keep going to your town trauma. with your shit. Yeah, yeah, your trauma. it's so bad. So there's so much of it, and it's just you know
2: we just got like five people. It's so bad. It's so bad, but yet would I turn down the opportunity to be on reality television? I don't know. We would not. Sue and I would not think I don't think
3: I don't <laughs> that. I do think that like the exploitative idea, I I look at it more through like the lens of like sometimes these are women who are are interested enough or engaged enough or sometimes like brave enough to share stories that they wouldn't have ordinarily, mm. certainly not on, you know, a stage this big.
2: My final take on Mary Cosby is that call me a communist, but if you are, <laughs> if you're a pastor who is that wealthy, you're doing something wrong. You're, you're a scammer for sure.
3: And call me a communist. I it's mean, fine. I yeah, mean, that's I love like it. the mega church industry. Yeah. You know, there are these pastors and, and ministers, whomever, who have enormous wealth because they run mega churches and but
1: that's it calling it an industry we're very yeah i know i really as on scam on our wheel of <laughs> on our chart of like great to bad our matrix yeah. we don't yeah we do not like on our matrix like Scamming innocent innocent people, yeah, yeah,
3: through their faith because I think that's like one of the most dangerous. Through their faith,
1: through medical issues, like there's a lot of ways to do it where totally. people are the most vulnerable, and that for us is like 100%. we just hate that. I just hate that.
2: One of these interviews, I-, I think it was the um the Uncle Ernest said that a lot of the congregants are on food stamps and they're yep. super. And they're kind of poor okay. because they're tithing and they're giving a you know percentage of their income to the church, and that. It's not okay. It's not.
3: Jesus did not wear Valentino and I think no. that's the mistake that Mary just needs to kind of understand a little. I
2: thought you meant it was Jesus' mistake. <laughs> that was a mistake of Jesus' And that's
1: where he went wrong.
2: That's why he got killed. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs>
0: Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the
1: Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or
0: if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut.
1: and how he rose from nothing to become New
3: York's king of the egg cream.
1: So, if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Another great scam of the real housewives that's unfolding before our very eyes. Caitlin's going to talk to us about Erica Jane. What is going on with her?
1: Oh, you guys. Okay. So what's so interesting about this scam is that it all started with this idea of love (laughs) and divorce. And dad, let me explain to you, if you're listening. So... There are there are like multiple cities, you know, the stuff like Real Housewives and you'll see some people that are New York, some people that are L.A., some people that are Beverly Hills, some people that are Atlanta. So this is in Beverly Hills where the women are really showing the most they're really showing the most wealth. Like Lisa Vanderpump is one of the characters. She's no longer on the show, but she was is always. Quoted as being the richest housewife in history. Like they have people that have millions and billions of dollars. One of the women, her name's Erica Jane, she looks exactly like what you would think of like a a pinup doll, like a, a Playboy pinup doll. I feel like she's taken all those pinup doll looks like the blonde hair, big boobs, like big eyes, like all that. She wears cute little outfits. Like she sort of like looks like a, a Hugh Hefner girl, but classier and a better dancer. So she sort of looks like like an elevated version of that, but that's who you're picturing. And she married this incredible lawyer who was the lawyer behind the famous like Aaron Brockovich case where they helped all those families that had poisonous water and he's done incredible stuff for families of Boeing air crashes. He's done he's he does law that's called toxic tort. And a toxic tort expert, they are an attorney that deals with cases based on dangerous substances where the plaintiff's exposed to a substance or it's caused harm to them. They've been victims and usually great illness or death. So Erica is youngish. She's like late 40s, right? 50s. And And her husband, Tom, is in his 80s. And it always sort of seemed like this like grandfather, granddaughter relationship. But it was very cute. And they seemed on the show, everybody thought they were very much in love. And it looked very sweet. And she always called him Mr. Girardi. She talked with him with such admiration. He met her as a waitress when she was just a single mother. It's like a beautiful love story that on the show, she also keeps very close to her chest and says, like, don't talk about my husband. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about our life. Like, I love him so dearly. So in this bizarreness of Real Housewives where you're seeing people Breeze in and out, different characters and different relationships. Some are fake. Some are breaking up. You always sort of thought Erica and Tom were pretty close, pretty devoted, and pretty adorable. So just recently, they filed for divorce, which just shocked everyone. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And it's 2020. It was November 2020. And we're like, oh, it's 2020. Like, is it COVID? Is it like living with your spouse? It's so hard. Um, And so nobody knew why they filed for divorce. Also, he's in his 80s. He's saying he's getting older. He's reporting that he's having multiple hospital visits. People are thinking, like, why wouldn't? his wife who's been with him this whole time just continue to be with him mm-hmm. why not support someone at that why are you like jumping ship
2: and she's defended the crap out of him like in her book she is just like defends their love um and says it's just true love on the show she says it's true love she she knocks down anybody who challenges that uh, or says that she's a gold digger or anything like that so that's why this divorce is like crazy
1: Right. On the surface, they sort of look like comical in a way, but when you get to know them in the show and even whenever they speak of each other, it's, it's really sweet, beautiful love that's just has a huge age difference is the only difference. So, okay. November 2nd, Erica filed for divorce. December 2nd was when the first of many lawsuits against Tom and Erica were started. So. There was an amazing podcast by this podcaster who is a, she's a lawyer. And so she goes through everything bit by bit. She's incredible. Her name is Emily. It's called, I believe, The Emily Show. Um, And so she runs over all of the files and documents. And so she said that the first lawsuit against him was filed December 2nd, 2020. Erica did not have a prenup. And her file for divorce under dissolution of marriage was exactly a month before. Now, Emily, this incredible lawyer, said she has a feeling that in big, huge lawsuit cases like this, that they had some warning. Like when you have multiple people, lots of evidence going against you, your wife, your company, everything, that there was probably some heads up, a warning, a little bit of a trickle down to let them know this was coming. Mm -hmm. Because that's why it was so odd that there was this sudden rando divorce. Guys, it's a quite the story story. So the reason that this lawsuit really started to drum up things is because already 22 suits against him for, I think, between 1995 to 2017, he had 22 lawsuits against him. Outstanding of $6 million, $5 million loans, lawsuits against him trying to clear loans, like a lot of sort of different... I mean, in his wins, guys, he has won a $3,300 lawsuit. He's won a $4.8 billion lawsuit against a pharmacy, mm. a $1.85 billion. Like, he is one of the wealthiest lawyers. And, and somebody was quoted saying he has so much money that there's no way somebody could spend it. Now, this first lawsuit was because a company called Edelson PS Firm. So Edelson PS was a firm that was working on the Boeing aircraft crash that everybody died, there were no survivors and it left tons of people orphaned or widowed and it was just a, a very devastating crash. And so because of that, they got the an undisclosed settlement because Boeing paid out the victims, Edelson P.S. said that the amount of money had never been properly paid out to all of the victims. So because of this, Edelson P.S. never took any of the money. Tom Mm. already paid Edelson P.S., but they said they were not going to even take any money because they just don't know where the money is. And so they have voicemails that are attached to this lawsuit. They have notes and documents of Tom saying, don't worry, I'm good for it. I'm a good guy. You know, be nice to me. All these sort of bizarre things very chummy saying i'll give it to you tomorrow like it, it was also very immediate like he was very comfortable saying you'll get it tomorrow you'll get it in a couple days and the most important part of this lawsuit to me is that they just want to know where the accounting is they just want to know where the money is mm. they're not saying he has to give it to them tonight they just want to know do you have a chain of events and if you are a law firm you should be having you should have an accountant who takes care of it all now, what's happening is that each lawyer has a trust fund that they set up for the victims, for their clients, that they are not allowed to touch. So this amount, this trust fund, is what Tom Girardi was slowly siphoning off of. And it was exactly like a Ponzi scheme. He was using that money like, to then pay other people And then he was positive that he would get that money back. Mm. What this first lawsuit also said is that when you have somebody like Tom Girardi's wife, who is showing off aggressively Mm -hmm. on TV of being one of the most wealthy women, talking about two private jets, all of that sort of fanfare around her. She has a personal assistant, a stylist. But you have these families at home that still haven't received money that they need to live and survive. And it's not really... Tom Girardi's, he can't make that decision to say you do or don't deserve it. They won. They won in the case. That's their money and it should be given to them. And he isn't really the person who's supposed to be taking whatever time he wants. And so what the first lawsuit says is like not only are we looking at Tom, but we're also very aggressively looking at his wife who is so – Showy with all of her money. It's been said in this lawsuit too that Erica spends about forty thousand a month just on her yeah. upkeep. She has a Lambo, fancy toilets, private jets. So the companies that he was taking loans for, and then companies that he had already taken loans for and was paying back, he was paying them back with their own money. So that's also illegal. You can't sort of pay your credit onto someone else's credit, or because then that company is involved in their own fraud. So now this is becoming a case. And it is now in federal court. It's becoming a case where these other banks and companies and like Wells Fargo is now concerned that Tom has paid them with stolen money that's actually victims money. So it's getting enormous, you guys. And then what's so crazy is what was happening a couple days ago is now Tom's family is saying he's insane. He's saying he's old and he's senile. So his brother wants to take over the company now because he's saying, "Well, Tom's crazy. Then you have other law firms that are currently arguing to then take over those cases Mm -hmm. because even if they get a tiny bit of money, it's still a lot of money. So in one of the court cases, they said, you have $2 million to pay the victims of the Boeing crash. Can you do that? His lawyer said he cannot do that at this time. They asked Tom for a statement. Tom said The lawyer said, Tom can't give you a statement. So because he blatantly could not tell him where the $2 million were, that he couldn't do it, they declared bankruptcy for him, basically. They seized his assets. Erica Jane has moved into a $1.5 million home. It's close to where she used to live. Slumming it. Yeah. Um, And there's just a lot of stuff based on these sort of false, pushy claims mm. that he has more money than he does and it's all just a huge sham.
2: Kaylin has um like a white whiteboard
3: huge... full of notes yeah. that she's made. She's rocking it old I school. mean, it's admirable. This is like a Shonda Rhimes I procedural love, that I we're love watching it. play out right now.
1: If there's no response from Tom on this new motion, if the motion is approved in 14 days, he has to get out and if he doesn't respond, they get to make decisions without him. So now there's all these motions to like, Okay, we're just going to have to file bankruptcy cuz he's not filing for himself. We're going oh to up- impose all these things. And then they, he could be homeless if he doesn't respond or vacate within the 14 days. Oh my gosh. Um also there's reports that his maintenance staff security have quit from that house and he wasn't even paying utility bills. <gasps> so it's really just like completely crashing. Yeah.
3: And he said that he couldn't pay the lease, right? For his business for his um legal office which was like fifteen thousand dollars a month he stopped i
1: mean there's nothing and like the one of the women that came into like that is taking over um said that there was just like empty coffee cups there was still like uh, the coffee maker was off but it was still filled with coffee like it just looked like rats had been through it like it really looked like they all just said like everybody flee
3: he's not paying the transcription services nothing like hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah he's not paying any uh bills for anything and he's also making it incredibly he's making the complications compounded by refusing to um in any way assist with like handing over documents so people who were who hired him to be their lawyer who are like I need my records so I can find new counsel he's not participating mm-hmm. and and so he's making it as he's essentially like re-traumatizing um yeah. victims of his own uh misdeeds and misdoings. Yeah. Well, you know who is getting paid is Mikey the creative director. I'm sure he's getting paid.
1: Yeah. Erica's assistant.
3: I mean, there were rumors by uh do you guys look at Crazy Days and Nights ever? No. Um sometimes. So, yeah. there was a blind item about like which housewife like Nicknamed like Shmerica Shmain is avoiding is finding a go around when she because she knows that her assets will ultimately likely get seized in order to pay for some of this. So she's giving people gifts instead of selling things since she's been ordered not to sell her clothing. She's just like. Giving someone a dress, giving someone a necklace so that it can't, as her way of hoping that it can't be seized back because she's not actually selling it. Yeah. I mean, the question for me as a Bravo fan is like, again, how is this going to potentially be shown next season? And what was Erica's role in all of this? Because... Mm -hmm. If she, knew. He, if she was married to this guy for how many years, Caitlin? 20, 20 plus years, right? Because she got married when she was like yeah. pretty young, all things considered.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. 20 plus years. And he's having an emergency medical situation. And it doesn't appear that you guys are really like fighting with each other, regardless of what she's trying to show on social media to distract. Like doesn't appear to be a super contentious divorce. If he's having a significant emergency medical episode and you're filming in like a upstate California at the same time like doesn't that show that this is a little bit a piece like a bullshit kind of move like if you were his estranged wife who had been married to him for 20 something years and he was having a medical episode that pointed to some sort of like catastrophic event wouldn't you maybe like say oh I can't film this day because my estranged husband is like in um Medical distress. I don't see that happening. So wait, I want
2: to. I want to get engaged. Do you think that you think it's a real divorce or a fake divorce? No, I hundred percent
3: think it's a fake divorce. I think she's. Fake divorce. They're doing their very best to in in a point of like complete desperation to um uh, pretend that there's any kind of anything going on to try to protect her and also some money that he is trying to disappear or whatever else a lot of money the the number one way that i think that this is like evident that there's a wink and a nod to what's going on is that instagram post that erica posted where she had like screenshots of a goddamn nokia phone from whatever long because he was stripping someone literally fifteen years ago and she put something on social that was like like essentially a can you believe it? You know, I was being cheated on, which was an act that happened a, many, many years prior, but I think is being was she was attempting to use it as a way to say there an example of an divorce. example of the divorce, an example of the way that she herself is a victim and mm. can you believe mm-hmm. it? And yet she doesn't seem to be behaving that way. As as a woman scorned, as a woman concerned about the many many victims who um, are owed money that was stolen to pay for her lifestyle.
1: And that's what people are saying is that she's incredibly like classless and rude. And it is very heartbreaking to these families who are just watching her be incredibly extravagant on social media, on the television show about how much money she has. And I'm just going to from law.com and I'll put it in the notes, guys, has an amazing breakdown of this. But on October 19th filing, he has quoted to say, I'm. At one point, I had about eighty million or fifty million in cash. Girardi told them September twenty in the September twenty third examination. When asked whether he had any personal bank accounts, he said is quoted to say that's all gone. I also had a stock portfolio of about fifty million, and that's all gone.
2: Oh my gosh!
1: And that's it's spent. That's the thing. It's not that he's messing up or like get like it's gone.
2: Katie, do you think it's a real divorce or a fake divorce?
1: I think she had no intention to divorce him. It is it is really to protect their assets. <laughs> like I think it's really to have her go leave with as much as possible because I think Tom Girardi like knows a few thi- knows a few things. He knows a lot about law, and so he really tried to do some trickery and some negotiating. And I don't think he took many legal ramifications seriously because I feel that he was smart enough to know the. Addendum or the but if then that this could be solved like I feel like in his mind There's always a way to work it out Mm -hmm. or there's always a way to finagle a solution And so I think this Divorce for him was his first stop on trying to finagle a way to get out of this and she can Keep all those funds fun secret
2: part of me thinks the divorce is real and not a scam and here's why it's because Huh. Um, if he like Sarah mentioned, if he is having these medical problems, why isn't she there by him side? By his side, like even if it was a scam divorce, and you had been together for twenty some years, you would still be by the person's side. And also, she is now dating, allegedly dating Scooter Braun, Taylor Swift's old manager. Um, Ew. so she has a new flame already. So that makes me feel like it's a real divorce. Like maybe they don't like each other.
3: She um, but I don't think the medical the emergency medical yada yada is real. I think that's why that's she's true. not going because he's using oh. it as a delaying yep. tactic.
2: Got it. Yes,
1: it is definitely a delaying tactic. It's so sh-
2: dirty. hmm so dirty.
1: So at first we thought it was a scam divorce, which might or might not be, but then it turns out that he's been conning people for years. Mm. And it's such a bummer. Such
2: a bummer. hmm
1: There was also with his, uh, he's being sued by his former partner, yes. Keys, who said that part of his retirement he owed he was owed money that he would won in in settlements oh he's screwed and also yeah he was supposed to be given i think eight thousand dollars twice a month for a certain amount of years to make up i believe five hundred thousand something and he was only paid like two or three months Mm -hmm. worth and so he still owed thousands of dollars who knows where that's gonna go i mean gerardy of course is not gonna pay him like he's like you're fine
2: (laughs) i feel. i feel like down the road in a couple years this is something the shit storm is going to happen to Mary Cosby too. Like, yeah, you were saying that. Like with the uh, Teresa Judy Ch- people who are flaunting their wealth, but it's clearly acquired by sketchy means. Mm. If you're on a Bravo show,
1: they think they're too smart, but you're not too smart for Av- for Bravo mm-hmm. editors and producers. Mm-hmm. No one's too smart for them. They're going to cover it all, mm-hmm. honey. They're going to get and you. And the fans, the fans are going to bring their receipts gonna in gonna binders. <laughs> <sighs> actually it was also on the Emily show she wanted to make sure that it was given credit to a YouTuber who actually broke the news Cheryl's World and on Cheryl's World apparently she dropped it
2: Cheryl's she was the interview for the Mary Cosby uncle same <gasps> lady
1: Cheryl's on top of this. Cheryl it. Knows. Cheryl is killing the game
2: killing yes. the game
1: thank you Cheryl yes be on Skin Wild <laughs> we'll be on our show oh my god so uh, that's like, <laughs> wow,
2: thank you for your deep Good dive. Good
3: job. That was a lot. Yeah, and my very intense. Paper. It's very, it's a very complicated, multifaceted, super layered, uh, confusing scam. Yes.
1: There's a lot. And actually, I think like his net worth now, somebody put like if you can search people's net worth, it was just like $100,000. Like somebody on like celebrity net worth, like just made it like $6, which is kind of funny. So, um, Sarah, where can people find you? Where can they hear your hysterical point of views and your fair look at the housewives? Um,
3: Well, you can find me on Instagram at Dame Galley. And Andrews Girls is really an examination of the psychology behind the drama of Real Housewives. So you can listen to that weekly podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's
2: great. Amazing. It's one of my
3: faves. Thank you. Ladies, this mm-hmm. was like so instructive. My God. Very impressive. We do a lot. You do a lot. Wow. Scam yeah. comma wow.
1: Wow. Scam comma wow. Wow.
3: We've never.
2: Wow. We've never had a comma. <laughs> We've
1: never, We've had, never had, comma had a comma until, until now. now. There
2: we go. There we go. Thank you. Full little punctuation. A purpose. A maze. Thank you so much. And if you guys have any Real Housewives scams or tea that you want to let us in on, you can always email us at scamwellpodcast at gmail.com.
1: And guys, you know I love a phone call. I'm always asking you to call me just like your grandmother and you can call our hot tip hotline at 347-509-9414 and let us know if you or if you've had experience, with we have had a lot of listeners DM us and talk to us about their experiences with churches and how they've had to separate or how it's been difficult for their families. And, of course, we'll always, like, if you want to send us anything when we do our mailbag episodes, we, we'll keep you anonymous because we love you and we appreciate your stories.
2: Yeah, and to hear back episodes and check out our Patreon, you can go to scamlabpodcast.com.
1: Thank Mm you, guys. Hear all about our medical doses. (laughs) (laughs) I talk about how much Prozac I'm on. I talk about my (laughs)
2: C-section.
1: We love it. We talk about circumcision. We talk about it all. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Have a great week. We'll see you later. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Anna Sheridan, New York Times best-selling author
3: of Supernatural Horror. Missing for nearly six months now.
0: That's not possible. Is the compass broken? Or did I? Turn to the
3: Given the circumstances of her disappearance, someone with a more
0: vivid imagination
3: might decide she'd pierced the veil, so to speak.
0: Weak radio signal. 700 meters.